and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. So whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thank you for listening. Now, on to the episode. All rise. Court is now in session for the trial of Willow Rosenberg. Welcome, everybody, to Willow on Trial. Hosted by your honors, Kara and Steph. (laughs) God, the power of being a judge. Ooh, I should have went to law school. I should have been a judge. (laughs) Oh, dear. So for those of you who haven't listened to our previous On Trial episodes, and you should go back and listen because we've done Angel On Trial, Faith On Trial, and Joss Whedon On Trial. And season four On Trial. Oh, and season four On Trial, yes. Um, And very soon, coming to a podcast feed near you, look out for the Buffy fandom itself on trial with special guests. (laughs) And you know what? That quickly became the Prophecy Girls on trial (laughs) as it goes, right? Hey, Uh, we're the problem. It's us. We own it. So for those of you who haven't listened to an on trial episode before, first off, um, this episode is not spoiler free. So we may touch on stuff from season seven of Buffy or, you know, possibly from Angel. Uh, Just a heads up. If you are here for spoiler-free content, wait until you finish Season 7 first. Um, And what we do here is we are basically judging Willow. We are the prosecution, the defense, the jury, and the judge. Um, We are most of the witnesses, but we also have hot stakes contributed by you, the listeners. So we have some formal charges that I will read out in a moment. Um, And then we're going to discuss. We'll discuss the case for... The prosecution will discuss discuss the case for the defense, and at the very end of the episode, we will render our verdict in the trial of Willow Rosenberg. Ooh. And just as a reminder, while Kara had just said that we could touch on spoilers, we could touch on things that come in, in the future, we are very much putting her on trial for things that we have seen on the show. Right, the past, mostly in season six, but the past six seasons, anything is up for grabs as to anything that Willow has done. Okay. Steph, are you ready to hear the charges? Yes, lay them on me. First charge is the unlawful use of dark magics with a K. Oh, not with a K. Good God. (laughs) So many counts of wanton destruction of property. Oh, yeah. Reckless driving and endangering the life of a minor. Mm -hmm. Resisting arrest and failing to obey the orders of a peace officer. Non-consensual resurrection, (laughs) namely one Buffy Summers. Uh, Non-consensual memory erasure, eight counts because we had Tara uh, back earlier in season six. Um, And then in Tabula Raza, she without consent, erased the memory of Tara, Dawn, Buffy, Anya, Xander, Giles, and Spike. I'm not counting Willow in that number because even if she didn't anticipate what the spell would do, 
uh, to her. She, I think she technically consented on herself, but everybody else, <laughs> <Yeah>. no consent. <laughs> a big one, murder in the first degree. Two counts. She knowingly killed Warren, premeditated, and also Rack because she did a suck job, a fatal suck job. Mm-hmm. She also attempted to end the world. Kind of a bummer. Um, I'm calling that one non-consensual Armageddon. <laughs> And then one of her more egregious crimes, she broke a yellow crayon and she killed a baby deer. <gasps> Jail. Yeah. Rat prison immediately. I also do. Are we not going to count the attempted murders of Jonathan and Andrew? Or does that fall under Armageddon? Because also she tried to kill Giles and Buffy and everybody. So is it all under there? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, we could definitely add a few more counts of assault. Mm-hmm. You know, assault, battery, unlicensed use of a fireball. Uh, oh, um, she stole a truck. <laughs> is Willow the most dangerous, like, defendant we've had on trial so far? Like, she seems to be more chaotic even than Faith. How does she stack up to Angel? Well, I mean, the list goes on and on here. Um, Angel's crimes from what we trialed him for were like nine episodes long but the list wasn't this long it was like he murdered jenny which was the worst but from what we can tell (laughs) willows murdered more than him mind you we knew angels murdered people on the side but we were putting him on trial for jenny only so (laughs) yeah all right um so let's let's get into uh the prosecution's case here so let's talk about uh well some of these charges just because like we just established. There's a lot here. Some of these charges I think we can put aside and kind of pass summary judgment, if you will, and say, like, obviously she's guilty of abusing the magics. Obviously she's guilty of destruction of property, right? Magic box wiped out. She wrecked a car. She she you know, she got Dawn injured. Obviously she resisted the arrest from the police officers. She's confessed to breaking the yellow crayon to Xander. She's guilty of all these things, yes. <laughs> Yeah, nobody saw her kill the baby deer, but right, like we did. I think we can put we can put some of this stuff aside and say, okay, this is a given. I think she'd enter a guilty plea to these things. We'll consider them when we get to the verdict and the sentencing. Um, But I I think the main stuff that I would like to focus on is talking about uh, specific abuses of magic, right? So how she's manipulated people's memories, or in previous seasons, things like something blue. Um, and then I want to talk about, you know, her use of magic to resurrect Buffy without Buffy's consent. Mm-hmm. And then obviously how her use of magic has affected or influenced her decision to murder people and her decision to try to end the world. Yeah. So um, first thing I'd like us to consider is Willow's relationship to Donna Summers, mm, a.k.a. Donna. Donathan. Madonna, yeah. So earlier in the season, Willow was basically acting as Donifred's guardian. Um, you know, Buffy was gone. The Buffy bot was there, but not in any capacity to be a parent mm-hmm. or a sister. Um, and, you know, Hank didn't know what the fuck was going on. So Willow and Tara were kind of like Don's parents. I think we need to consider Willow's actions in that light, right? Like, were these the actions of somebody who is fit to be a guardian to Dawn? Because I think, you know, we rightly hold 
people who have a duty of care towards minors, whether they're parents or guardians or teachers or whatever, we hold them to a higher standard of conduct in our society. So we have a hot stake from Jake about this matter. Uh, Jake says, I have so many thoughts about Dawn, especially about villains, but I wanted to talk mainly about her dynamic with Tara and her history as a child of divorce. Putting aside any issue of Dawn's actual age due to being the key, uh, her memories are of a 15-year-old girl, complete with all the family dysfunction from the Summers family. She was there for Hank and Joyce's divorce and would have been old enough to understand what was going on. Then in season 5, she loses both her mom and her sister. Now on paper, Buffy never died and the Buffybot was her legal guardian, but in reality, we see Tara and Willow had stepped up to take on the emotional work of being her parental figures. They move into her mother's room. They're looking after her at the start of season 6. Most importantly, of the Scoobies, Dawn is one of the ones who is kept in the dark about the attempt to bring Buffy back. So she isn't clinging to the hope of Buffy coming back, and probably has the most natural, or as natural as it can be with the Buffy bot hanging around, because that can't be healthy, path through grief of all the Scoobies. By the time Buffy does come back, Tara isn't just her sister's friend, I think Dawn views Tara as a surrogate parent. We see this in the episode where they go to the movies and have milkshakes, and even Willow's attempt to duplicate their day together feels a bit like dysfunctional divorced parents putting their child between them. Then we see how excited Dawn is when they're back together. Dawn is over the moon. So I think the comparison to the body is particularly apt. And, and Steph, you and I made that comparison when we were talking about Dawn finding Tara's body, right? Mm -hmm. So Jake says, I think the comparison to the body is particularly apt because Tara and Dawn's relationship was more than friends and was closer to parent and child. So what do you think, Steph, about this idea that we should take into account Tara and, of course, Willow as well, basically acting like guardians for Dawn? Like, how do we think about Willow being Dawn's guardian in regards to what she's done and, like, how guilty she is? Maybe not in determining the guilt itself, right? But do we think that this is something we should take into account uh, if we were to find Willow guilty? Is that going to affect our sentencing? Should we be harsher on her because mm, she's, you know, got she's a minor. endangered Dawn? <laughs> yeah. She... Uh, no, because I think as soon as she brought Buffy back, she's like, here, take your responsibility back. <laughs> you know, like, I, okay. we've talked about this already as we covered season six, but I just really didn't like Willow in this season. And it's not so much all the bad things that we're putting her on trial for now it's just her personality and her aloofness when it came to the people right, she loved. Right, but her personality is not on trial. It's not, it's not, but I'm saying that's why I don't think that her being a guardian to Dawn in any way, shape, or form will impact how I view her sentencing at the end or how I view how events played out this season because she was mm -hmm. there for Dawn in the six to eight months that Buffy was gone, as far as we can tell. But once Buffy came back by bargaining part two, they they didn't come home for Dawn, right? They just, they Dawn just, who? Dawn's, right? She pulled a Giles and was like, Dawn's not my problem. And really, it was Tara who stepped up for Dawn. And just when Buffy couldn't yeah. do it, you know? So um, I like this hot stake for how it characterizes Dawn in this situation. But I think it incriminates Willow a little bit further. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Is Yeah, I, I'm saying... We should be harsher, if anything, on Willow for letting down Dawn in this sense. Yes, I agree. Another interesting point brought up by one of our uh, listeners is this idea of, you know, 
Willow has obviously suffered as a result of losing Tara. And therefore, you know, when somebody is suffering, whether it's grief, you know, illness or whatever, sometimes they do stuff they might regret. Um, and when that crosses a line, we often take that into account when we are judging people uh, and rendering a verdict, right? And it may not completely negate their culpability, but how responsible is Willow if she's grief-stricken? And, you know, are Willow's actions proportionate to the suffering that she has endured at the hands of somebody like Warren? So Belgaia is weighing in on this by saying, I am not here to defend Willow, at least in these last two episodes. I think she was completely in the right for killing Warren, and her rampage was cathartic for me personally. Uh, from an objective point of view, though, she's lost the plot. I mean that very literally. There's no rhyme or reason to the rest of her actions. Killing Warren is one thing, but her tirade against Jonathan and Tucker's brother is indefensible. However, I think it is explainable. Willow's lashing out. She's grieving, so she's using again. She's looking for someone to blame, anyone except herself. As an addict myself, the concept of the self is something important. Willow never got clean for herself. She got clean for Tara. So when Tara is gone, she has nothing left to stay clean for. That's why addiction is hard to beat. So Belgaio goes on to talk about how losing Tara and, and what happens to you know an addict uh, when they lose people close to them. Uh, Tara was Willow's substitute for, you know, the addiction to magic. And as long as Willow had Tara in her life, even if it was, you know, more disconnected, Willow was okay. But that's not the case now. So now Willow is in a spiral of addiction. And Belgaio goes on to say, you know, reasoning is not justification. Willow is doing wrong and deserves to be held accountable. I want her to be held accountable in the right way. Media has a tendency to give women great power that drives them to murderous rage because women are too delicate for the strain of power. Hmm. Sarcasm. <laughs> I'm glad I was held responsible for things I did when I was spiraling, but I'm even more glad that I was not abandoned by the people around me. Some Buffy fans would say that Willow cannot come back from this, that she is forever ruined and can never redeem herself, but I think that atonement and hopes of redemption are the things that really help addicts like myself and Willow get clean in the long term. Besides, at the end of the day, all she ended up doing was killing Warren. And I don't think anyone's really sad about that. <laughs> Justice for Rack, she killed him too. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is really well said. It actually takes me back to some of the hot stakes that we got around amends with Angel. And remember when he wanted to kill himself, some people came in that deal with suicidal ideation and say something very similar to what Belgaia is saying here, where sometimes when people are struggling with this type of depression, or in this case, this type of addiction, uh, they try to alienate people around them. They do things that are self-destructive because they feel like it's going to be easier this way. It's easier for them to be in the pain of what they're going through if other people are not around to help anymore. So that is very mm -hmm. interesting to me. And it does, it does actually put a lot more sympathy onto Willow's character when you place it like this, when you when you think of her as somebody who is grieving and who is struggling with that. And I, I agree. I do think that Tara was um, something that Willow replaced 
her addiction with, right? Like the love of Tara, making myself a better person for Tara. That was the goal for the last half of the season. And then Tara's gone, right? And her rage and her grief comes out. So she she rages against the world. And I think that that is a really good defense for for thinking about why Willow did what she did. Um, it doesn't mean she's not accountable for what she did, but I completely understand the empathy that comes with it. And I think that's also how Buffy was trying to approach it too, right? Like we're here to help Willow because what she's doing is not right, but we get why she's doing it. Yeah, I think a lot of this trial is going to end up coming down on, you know, our verdicts for most of these charges will probably be guilty. They always I'm are. Thinking. <laughs> they, they always end up being um, guilty. But yeah. then the question becomes the sentencing, right? Mm. What do we do with Willow? So I think a lot of our discussion has to be around what are the mitigating factors? And is Willow's addiction a mitigating factor for the defense in the sense of like, should that change her sentence should or you know i i like this hot steak because of the complexity of it right there's a nuance here that belga is acknowledging which mm-hmm. is willow's addiction is a complicating factor but at the same time she does really like she's very extra about her rage <laughs> well i also want there's a couple of points that we need to cover as we talk about willow just in general right like not just putting her on trial for season six but like thinking back on her personality and how her character has grown since season one I, one of the questions i want to ask is do we think that her I don't know, addiction to magic or the fact that she does this magic at all. Do we think that's kind of out of her control since back in season two? Because I remember we had a conversation sometime in season two or three after Willow did the spell to restore Angel's soul. She kind of got taken over for a second there. Um, She's speaking Latin, right? And Oz is like, or no, Cordelia was like, you know, hey, you speak English. And I think one of us had asked the question, if whether or not um, Willow was fundamentally changed from the dark magic back then because she wasn't ready for it as Giles had warned her. And he said it's going to change who you are. Funny you should say that, Steph, because Mm -hmm. we have a hot stake on behalf of the defense by Ashley, who points to the same scene that you just brought up. Oh, perfect. Ashley says, Willow has always had that addictive personality from uh, needing praise to how hard she would go at school right up to wanting to seek vengeance for things um in the first season she showed signs of this but ashley says i think the tipping point was when she did the spell to restore angel's soul Boom. yes she did small spells before that um but she explained how the power felt this wasn't the first time she tried to wreak vengeance either when the Oz and Veruca situation happened, she almost went through with it then. After Oz left Willow, she did the spell to have her will done, which put everyone's life at risk. Uh, yet how everyone viewed Willow, her being all smart and sensible, I believe no one would have noticed it. I also believe Oz being the one to actually say that he was worried about her magic use could be interpreted as Joss Whedon taking away another part of Willow's conscience, right? So it, with Oz leaving the show... When Oz left Willow's life, that was symbolic for Oz, for for part of Willow's conscience leaving her. Mm. And I think that's an interesting point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Ashley concludes saying, thus adding fuel to the fire of Willow's addiction. And then, of course, when Tara was killed, it was the final part of Willow's conscience being taken away. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's when it comes down to uh, culpability, right? Like, 
how in control of Willow's addiction, how in control of the magic is Willow actually, or is the magic in control of her? And at what point did that start? So I think I, I agree with what Ashley's saying here. Definitely something happened back in season two that was irreversible. Something changed in her at that point. Something, if not to feed her addiction, but fundamentally, like perhaps something happened with that dark magic to make her need to continue feeding it as she continued going on. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse for what she did, but I'm like, maybe that's another way that we can look at it to be like, why does it affect her so much when it, when Giles was able to step away from it, when Amy can't go that far, you know? It's, it's very curious how some people go really dark with it and others don't. Well, if you want to talk about why Willow's addiction works the way it does, one possible explanation is the writers just really screwed up with Willow. Yeah. <laughs> And so Lee has this to say for the defense, saying, I hate the magic addiction subplot. I've never felt it was developed properly. For five seasons, no one ever really broached that subject other than uh, Giles' demon summoning shenanigans in his youth. It just seemed awkward and rushed. I never felt the issue was magic so much as power. Willow always felt powerless when she was younger, and as she aged and developed her magical prowess, I feel it was the sense of power she de derived from it all that she was addicted to, more than a physical addiction to magic itself. I wish they had explored that instead. The groundwork had already been laid for it because we watched the negative changes that occurred in her as she became more accustomed to power. We even see an example of it pretty early on with Vamp Willow. So what do you think, Steph, about the idea that, you know, yes, we can argue that Willow's addiction is a mitigating factor, um, but maybe we could also argue that the whole addiction storyline, the whole magic as metaphor for substance use, doesn't make as much sense as the writers want us to think it does. And therefore, it's not Willow's fault that she screwed up and was a villain because the writers <laughs> made her do it. I mean, ultimately, yes, it is the writer's fault. I think this is actually going to quickly become season six on trial. <laughs> because honestly, <laughs> Fair. Well, but honestly, like, I brought this up a couple of times in season six, I particularly in Wrecked. And then maybe a little bit later when her and Tara started reconciling, I was like, okay, but Addiction is not her issue. Willow's issue has always been the fact that she feels like she's not good enough. Hmm. It all comes down to her rejection and being considered mm -hmm. unworthy since she was a loser in high school. We learned most about that and her version of herself in Restless in season four. When we think about Willow and how everything she's done since she's met Buffy has been to make herself useful to the group it's just really really fascinating because think about it this way like when we met her in season one she was addicted to computers and xander oh god <laughs> um but then you know she started wanting to help people and be a hero like buffy so much so that she even stayed home in Sunnydale when she could have went to any university that was like begging her to come. Yeah, she specifically said, I want to fight evil with you, Buffy, which... Yeah. Very sweet, but also look what happens. Yeah, it, well, that, well, that's where she felt the most useful. So really, when I think about it, it's like, it's like Lee just said, it's, it's about power. And this is something that I brought up back in season two, even. I was like, you know what? Willow Willow can be a very meek character, but when she finds something that she's actually good at, that she's useful with, 
she kind of has a power trip, you know, and we've seen that happen over and over again. And then it kind of went out of sorts in season six. Like it just, it's almost like the writers just clung so hard to the magic addiction storyline that they just completely overlooked Willow's issue and Willow's personality. That That is actually the problem here because Yes, she gave up magic, but that doesn't mean she gave up this need, this constant need to be in control and in power. Because when she has no control, when she has no power, she no longer feels like she's useful to the group. That's how I feel it. In high school, Willow was thinking to herself, if you're not noticed in high school, then you're a loser. And if you're not powerful in Sunnydale, then you're a victim. And in this particular Scooby group, if you're not special in some way then you're replaceable because she used to have this huge issue when Buffy got close to Faith, when Buffy was hanging out with mm-hmm. the initiative more often. So so the, the issue is Willow's personality. It all comes down to Willow's f- sense of self-worth. And addiction is not like you can cover it up with her addiction to magic. But really, when we think about sentencing her later for all the things that she's guilty with doing with that magic, the question comes down to, is she changing? Right? Does she see how her power hungry personality, how her need to control and what she's using to control things around her, whether it is that she wants to control them so that she doesn't feel sad or control people so that she, you know, she's not the only one grieving, everyone's dead, you know? Um, the question is, what is she going to do with this afterwards? Is she learning from it or is she going to continue using magic to? fulfills something within herself that she's lacking or she feels she's lacking yeah the whole question of like if she has these self-esteem issues and was using magic you know whether or not we see it as an effective metaphor for addiction right but she's clearly using magic to fill that void in her her sense of self-worth i i think you make a really good point right when you say what happens now right like going forward you know, is she going to try to to end the world again? Like, Tara's not coming back, right? So... Or you know what? This is so funny because, like, when... Like, all this is coming down to the fact that, like, when Willow... Like, what she wanted the first five, six seasons of this series is to be noticed, to be acknowledged, and to be appreciated for the transformations that she's done, right? So now that, like, the Scoobies especially, but perhaps the world has taken notice that, whoa, Willow is the bad, the biggest badass witch there ever is. Maybe she's like, that's good enough for me. And she'll take a step back, <laughs> you know? Maybe. Maybe. So I know we have um, another hot stake from Olivia, who wanted to say that uh, vampires, as well as being frequent antagonists and thinly veiled metaphors for sexual predators are also used to interrogate issues of identity and moral decision making as we've already seen with angel the show often acts as if becoming a vampire transforms people into monsters but i wonder it's more that becoming a vampire releases the two barriers that keeps us from monstrosity the soul and fear of consequences so if you think about it, if you no longer had that nagging little voice in your head rating in your worst impulses, if you were no longer answerable to society or why le- or or our legal system, if you had superhuman power and strength and an immortal life to weather any 
guilt or regret, what would you do? What scores would you settle? Who or what would you exact revenge upon? So I think this is definitely a darkness within Willow, a chip on her shoulder from having been overlooked, underestimated, and downright tormented by her parents, her classmates, and even on occasion her friends. She's gone to great lengths to quell the rage just as it was let loose in Vampire Willow, now it's been let loose in Dark Wicca Willow. The one person who was always in her corner who showed her constant support even when they are even when they were apart is gone and if she's not going to hold back to save anyone including herself yeah so is willow not responsible for her actions because she's so corrupted by dark magics that it's basically the equivalent of you know like a vampire not having a soul right like when we when we put angel on trial we were very careful to say okay we're going to talk about angel's actions in season two Obviously, he didn't have a soul for much of that time. We're not going to put all of Angelus's past actions on trial because we were like, well, that was separate. He's, you know, worked to redeem himself. And I know there's a lot of debate in the wider Buffy fandom, especially considering what happens to Spike here at the end of season six, right? This idea of like, how responsible are vampires for what they do when they don't have a soul? Mm. So how does that translate over? Because I know we'll talk about Spike in the future. I know we'll talk about Spike in the future. How does that translate over, you think, to Willow? Is is she corrupted? This is interesting. So again, this is why I brought up the... We're talking about Angel a lot in this. I love it. Um, That's why I brought up Willow doing the soul... The ins- the re-insoling spell back in season two, because uh, again, it's like, when did it start? If if we are saying that the dark magic is kind of in control of this at the- some point, right? She no longer can be mm-hmm. in-, in... What did you say? Like, Maybe- it's corrupted her, right? Like, it's the equivalent of her turning into Vamp Willow. She, you know, I think back to her iconic line, bored now, right? And And Olivia actually pointed out, I didn't put this in the hot stake that we just read but olivia actually pointed out that born now was something that vamp willow said previously in the series right so maybe that was the writer signaling to us that dark willow is as devoid of empathy as a vampire so here so here's where i would come down on that so again um we could speculate it could be our headcanon that perhaps since season two with the dark magics, Willow um, has been corrupted, but that is not proven, right? That's that's more hearsay. Mm. That's more our assumptions about what could potentially have started Willow down this dangerous path. So what we do know for sure, though, and this is a trial, so th- this is the evidence, right? Willow sought out the dark magic she was Mm. grieving she was in shock she was traumatized the fact that her girlfriend was shot in front of her and died in her arms but what did she do she found out it was warren she marched to the magic shop and she did a suck job on all those magic books and became dark willow she chose she chose to do that and um again grief stricken right we all make mistakes when we're grieving when we're sad when we're upset but this is a huge mistake to make and it's not like spike and angel marched off to become vampires so that they could you know have no soul Mm -hmm. they didn't have that choice so willow chose to go dark interesting perhaps only just to kill warren and then the corruption was like, I'm not happy with this. I need to kill Rack. I need to kill Jonathan. I need to kill everybody. Um, but the point is, she started that train all on her own. So, so if what I'm hearing 
is correct. What you're what you're saying is basically the the difference between Dark Willow corrupted by dark magics versus a vampire not having soul is for the most part vampires don't choose to lose their soul. I mean, we have exceptions like Ford in Lie to Me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was like, yeah, make me a vampire, make me a vampire. Yeah. And then he was like, this sucks. To avoid and then death, Buffy's right? like, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so there, you know, there are outliers, but I, I think that you've really hit on a salient difference between Dark Willow and even Vamp Willow, right? Mm-hmm. Like Vamp Willow from the Wishverse didn't choose to become a vampire that was just an unfortunate circumstance and so yeah you could make the argument yeah that vampires are kind of that force of nature in a sense whereas yeah dark willow is responsible willow is responsible for dark willow because willow chose to become dark willow yeah and i like that yeah and also also, on top of that, we haven't seen how Willow's going to be in season seven. We, I mean, you and I have seen the show, so we know how things shake out. But the the magic that she suck jobbed out of those books, the magic that she ended up getting, it's not inherently evil. You know, like vampires are evil. They don't have a soul. They're evil demons. Willow's not a demon. And the magic she has doesn't necessarily make her evil. It's what she chooses to do with it Mm. that makes all the difference. So in that case, I do have to hold Willow responsible for the dark magic that she has willingly sought out and decided to hold within herself. And it's her who decided to take it to a dark place. Because I think the magic that she has uncovered is powerful. I I think terrifying and terrifying doesn't have to be an evil thing either, right? Terrifying can be beautiful and and, um, all encompassing too. Uh, It's really up to Willow and how she chooses to use the magic or not use it. And she, she chose. So I think that's what makes her guilty. She chose violence. She chose, <laughs> she chose violence, obviously. Those are great points, yeah. Um, let's come back to the murder and the ending the world in just a moment. But I, I want to take some time to talk about Willow's use of or abuse of memory magic, right? So I think the first instance of that that I can recall is Something Blue in season four where she basically works her, you know, my will be done spell. And that wasn't memory per se, but it was manipulating people's beliefs and personalities and actions, right? Mm -hmm. So that was manipulative. Yeah. And then obviously in this season, that came back in a big way where uh, she first erased Tara's memory of a fight that she and Tara had, and then she tried to repeat that process and it all went horribly wrong and she ended up erasing the memories of you know all of the Scoobies plus Spike and and yeah, that didn't go great. Would you agree with my statement, Steph, that memory manipulation deserves rat prison? Absolutely. Like, I mean, people go to rat prison for a lot less, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, I No, I 100% agree with you. I think you and I have been calling it uh, mind rape right in a lot of situations that and and the lack of consent for that which is something that Mm -hmm. we greatly talked about in this season um absolutely she deserves prison for that i mean and also xander deserves rat prison for doing that in bewitched bewildered 
bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Yes, but we didn't have rat prison yet <laughs> at that point. We didn't know. <laughs> we didn't have that innovation. Okay. <laughs> the newest in, incarceration, incarceral technology. Right? Oh it took God. a couple more years for us to develop it, uh, but here it is. Yeah, absolutely. Because, right. again, everything about Willow is about control, right? And why did that... Why did she do what she did in Something Blue and Tabula Rasa. You might say it's just because magic got out of control, but stop taking the magic away and think about why Willow is doing what she's doing. It's because she feels inconvenienced by what other people around her are feeling and doing in her environment. Mm -hmm. So she chooses to control that. And it goes awry, but ultimately it is selfish, you know? Yes, thank you. That is something that I wanted to really dig into is this idea that Willow's actions uh, throughout the series are motivated by selfishness. And and we've touched on this before, especially because um, I've mentioned how I used to find Willow one of my favorite characters. And each rewatch, I like her a little less and a little less. And I, I see aspects of her in myself and I'm like, oh, I don't like those things. Um, <laughs> you know, we see it in early seasons. Look at the affair. She is selfish. She knows. I'm sorry, Steph, but it's it's relevant to the, the trial. Yeah, it is very relevant, in fact. <laughs> right? Like Guilty. She knows that Xander and Cordelia are together, but she wants Xander. So she's selfish. And she's like, I want what I want. And, you know, she she's very much like Faith, right? It's like, I see it. I want it. I take it. Yeah. See, want, take, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just talked about something blue. You're absolutely right. Like the whole argument, oh, you know, she didn't mean to cause that chaos in season four. She didn't mean to cause the chaos in Tabula Raza. But it's like, yeah, she okay, she accidentally knocked over a, a bag full of herbs. <laughs> Not the right herbs in Stoner Joyce's house, but it was it was herbs. Yeah. Um, she knocked that over, you know, cough fire or whatever. But like, like you said, that actual action was born out of a desire for control and manipulation. And I also want to argue her bringing Buffy back was a selfish action mm-hmm. because she she couldn't handle being the leader of this fraying group of Scoobies. You know, she was stressed by like, you notice how Buffy comes back, right? And we talked about this and everybody's like, all right, Buffy. So how are you going to pay for everything? Right. Mm-hmm. I think Willow brought Buffy back because the money was running out and she's like, I don't want to get a job. I don't want to ask Iram Rosenberg for money. Um, yeah, I mean, do I do I think that's the reason Willow brought her back? Um, not completely. I do, I do see where you're coming from. I, I just think that overall, Willow doesn't mean to cause the chaos that she causes with her magic, but she definitely means the harm that comes with these decisions. And again, at the end of the day, we we have to think about Willow, how she sees herself. Willow has sees herself as the shy wallflower who her whole life was considered weak. So when she has a chance to display power and control, she jumps at it. And what better way mm-hmm. to control and be powerful than to bring back Buffy and prove that she can do it? Because, again, she's guilty. She needs to be the best. She's she, got to be the best witch. Right? Because, because and she's guilty because it's not like the resources weren't there to tell her it was wrong. She purposefully left Giles out of the planning. And for whatever reason, Tara 
was on her side for the resurrection, but it was Tara who was the voice of reason in season five for Joyce's resurrection, where she was saying, right. it's too far. You can't do it. And Willow's like, I don't know if you can't do it. I don't know if you should or shouldn't do it. But well, like, you, and, you know, it's just for reading. And I remember one of the one of the first things we talked about when we started season six and we watched Bargaining was we talked about how we wish that Tara and Willow, we wish the show had showed us the conversations between Tara and Willow mm-hmm. discussing bringing Buffy back, right? Because, like, when we start the season, Tara's on board. And I firmly believe that Tara needed convincing. And Willow wore her down, and Tara eventually came over to mm-hmm. Willow's side. And mm-hmm. But we, I don't know why or how, because we didn't get to see that. Yeah. So, speaking of, of you know, selfish acts, I'm also going to say that that murdering Warren was selfish. Because... Tara wouldn't want Willow to go dark to avenge her, right? Willow's like, you took Tara from me. You know, like, I'm doing this for Tara. But, like, sweet, innocent Tara wouldn't want you to do this, Willow. And you know that. But instead of honoring Tara's memory, you're you're viewing Tara as a thing that Warren stole from you. And I brought this up in the previous episode because, you know... I think there's parallels between Willow and Warren, and obviously there's an episode of season seven that really draws that line quite obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in season six, with the memory manipulation and stuff, like Willow is not treating Tara like a person with agency. Willow is treating Tara as a, a comfort thing, right? And, and I think that's to Belgaia's point about, you know, Tara is Willow's substitute for her addiction to magic, but unfortunately it's also kind of fueling Willow's reliance on magic for some things because of the conflict she's experiencing with Tara. And it's like, you know, that's, it's so wrong. Like Willow is so fucking selfish. (laughs) Yeah. And just as you were saying that, I was thinking back to her reasoning for wanting to resurrect Buffy as well, right? Like Buffy was taken Mm -hmm. from her and she didn't want that. When really, like, Mm -hmm. Buffy, selfless Buffy, hero Buffy, like, would she have wanted to come back? I think we have our answer, (laughs) right? Like, we got our answer this season. No, absolutely, she did not want to come back. And I'm I'm sure somebody might argue, well, you couldn't exactly ask Buffy if she wanted to come back. But that's not the point, right? The point isn't like, oh, Willow should have asked for permission. The point is, Willow's intentions were not good and pure and noble here. But that's, as you've pointed out, right? Willow likes to see herself as good and noble and pure, and she's presenting herself that way. And I think that's the fundamental flaw that you and I are identifying in Willow's character. It's not just selfishness. It's not just um, self-esteem and self-worth issues. Willow does not introspect. Like, we get on Xander's case for not being self-aware sometimes, but I have to give Xander a little bit of credit here. Xander will think about what he's done. He'll sit in a corner and he'll think about what he's done. Um, he doesn't always improve, but he at least knows. Um, I don't. I think Willow is somewhat deluded. I think that she has bought into her hype that she is a kind and generous person. And I, I'm not saying that she's all bad, but I'm saying that she is unfortunately somebody who refuses to confront the less savory aspects of her personality. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that she was all, you know, peaches and cream when we met her in season one, right? But that she's changed. 
it's it, she has changed and it's not just the magics that's changed her it's it's like you're saying she just refuses to do the work of the crummier things that are part of her personality <sighs> when i think about um the things that she's done in the last six seasons a lot of them are very selfish a lot of them are highly motivated by mm -hmm. what works best for her and that is a hard pill to swallow, especially if you're somebody who really loves Willow and only remembers her fondly in all the previous rewatches. But like I said, mm -hmm. I didn't like her this season. I haven't liked her for a while. And it's because mm -hmm. just since season four, since she's come into her power, and frankly, since like the writers have stopped letting her hang out with Buffy so much, you know, like I just don't see her as this kind person and just give and take like what I said about what she does with the magic. She usually chooses harm with her magic as opposed to helping. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have one more um, point to make in the case for the prosecution before we maybe get into some sentencing discussion here, which is, Willow, your Armageddon, you're boring. <laughs> um, like, I, I could potentially cut Willow some slack if she had an original world-ending idea, but have you noticed, Steph, that Willow straight up copied Angelus in season two, right? He wanted to suck the world into hell uh, using the, you know, the statue of a, a Catholic. Yeah. And, and it wasn't his reasoning very similar to Willow's, right? He's just like, the world sucks and therefore I should end it. I think he was power tripping too. He was like, I can do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do yeah. it. Yeah. So like Willow wasn't quite sucking the world into hell, but, you know, she was ending all life on Earth or whatever, like you know destroying the life force but like this this was her very similar very similar is like a, a, a an effigy instead of a statue it was you know ending the suffering instead of just the world sucks but like willow your armageddon is bad and you should feel bad yeah. you were very unoriginal and i think that should count against you also the fact that xander stopped you <laughs> <laughs> yeah we talked about that right and right. I, I defended willow in that instance right i'm like you know if Willow wants to burn it down, like, burn it down, girl. Yeah. But also, it's not good. <laughs> you should have come up with a better idea, Willow, and I cannot defend you for that. Well, first of all, we, a lot of people refer to the final trilogy of episodes for season six as the Dark Willow trilogy or the Dark Willow saga. Sure. That makes it sound way cooler than it actually is. Well, it makes it sound cooler. But what it really is, and what we will call it forevermore, is the Suck Job trilogy. <laughs> Because you waited until I took a sip of my tea. I know, I was literally waited. watching you, waiting for you to do it. Um, because the number of suck jobs that happened in all three episodes, and then for the final blow to be a blow job, <laughs> remember? Because she had to blow the magic into the effigy. <laughs> and then Xander well, got in the also, way. Spike got a blow job too, remember? You, that's what I'm so saying. So there was a double blow job. So, so you know, in the last episode of the trilogy, there has to be like the big ending. So obviously it's like, oh my God, it's not a suck job anymore. It's a blow job. It makes sense. So let let it forever be the suck job trilogy. And I agree with you, Kara. It wasn't original. It was a really humdrum kind of apocalypse. We've seen better. Literally Buffy leapt to her death while dragons flew out of holes and we never saw them again. Step it up. So you are guilty for, for doing that. Mind you, I mean, there is something to be said for like, you know, I'm just going to do this real quick 
no, fu- no fuss, <laughs> you know, like just get it done. Cause she wasn't doing that for the rest, for the other suck job trilogy things that she was doing. Right. She's like, I'm going to chase yeah, Ward fair. in she, the forest. She, she really I'm gonna, dragged that out. And I kept telling her like, I'm like, just, just kill Jonathan and Andrew. Couldn't, couldn't be easier, you know, but you're like, no, no, she wants the chase. But now she's like, fuck the chase. I mean, she failed to kill Xander, right? She hit him with a lot of different energy with things and he did not die. Well, so. Xander is impenetrable. Everyone knows if anyone's immortal on the show. <laughs> show it's xander harris who should have been dead that's, that's long far ago. more true than i would care to admit um okay so let me just ask you this question uh for our verdict i think this is the simplest way to do this is willow innocent or is willow not guilty for, for any anything? of these charges <laughs> i was just thinking that i was like is she uh, off the hook for anything um i'm looking down your list real quick uh no <laughs> she's she i think i think you and i had a very nice nuanced conversation about dark magic and willow right like about whether or not the like she is uh corrupted by it whether she's out of control by it and then addiction in itself is a whole other conversation that we had but um i think that addiction was handled very sloppily in these last couple episodes right there was just too much going on for addiction to be the only um, metaphor that they could possibly use with with willow here um so when it comes to her use of dark magic i think we just have to think that season six was out of control with willow's addiction and magic what we really have mm. to focus on is willow's personality and the core issue of feeling special and needing to feel in control and powerful especially to those that are around her so in that case she is guilty of Guilty. Guilty of unlawful use of dark magics that were in her control, in my opinion. Mm. And I'm the judge, so my opinion (laughs) matters the most. I agree with you, Judge Chow. (laughs) Oh, that sounds so good. God, I should have been a lawyer. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, then, when it comes to sentencing, here's my quandary. Willow is a human. You know, we've talked a lot about how the the Buffyverse clearly has a two-tier system of justice where humans deal with humans and the Slayer deals with the supernatural. Willow is a human, but she's also supernatural because she has witchy powers um, and obviously kills Lauren and Rack and tries to end the world with her supernatural powers. And, and we saw that human law enforcement was ineffective against her. So I think the question is now, you know, what is a reasonable sentence aside from her rat prison time, which obviously she's going to have to serve. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about the different angles here, because, you know, as we're going to find out very quickly when we get to season seven, Giles basically is like, "Eh, go to rehab. Yeah, she goes to (sighs) rehab. Mm. She grows flowers with her mind. And it's not even rat rehab. (laughs) (laughs) what's rat rehab when you go into i don't know it's very similar it's it's rat prison (laughs) better cheese we just rebranded rat prison i love it (laughs) it's rat prison but it's like an extra comfortable cage (laughs) yeah rat habilitation yeah so i i mean we'll we can talk about uh willow's rehab when we get to season seven because i I need to rewatch those episodes first i'm not satisfied Mm. i think it's another example of 
there's one rule for the inner circle of the Scoobies, yeah. and there's another rule for everybody else in the show, right? Like Scooby privilege. Murder of humans is murder. Faith turned herself in and went to prison. Like, the show was so hardcore. Buffy and Angel were both like, Faith, you gotta go to jail. You fucked up. You killed a human. You gotta go to jail. Faith accidentally killed Alan Finch. Like, you know, R.I.P., um, but, you know, and we discussed this in Faith on Trial, but, like, the show came down hard on Faith. I'm actually getting pissed about it because, okay, <laughs> and we ha- again, we have to cover season seven before I can really have an opinion about Willow and rehab and rat habilitation, but Angel got sucked into hell for hundreds of years for killing Jenny Callender. Faith put herself in prison and is there right now, Right. And Willow gets to go to rehab? What? <laughs> Willow should go to prison. She should go to she, human prison. She should hand herself in. Take Warren's yeah. spot, you know? Warren was human. Yes. Uh, he killed Tara by moral means. The giant head in the cloud that Willow summoned uh, confirmed that this was a natural death. Um, so the human justice system should deal with Willow. Obviously, Buffy, you know, the supernatural... Uh, enforcement arm has to like depower Willow first, but I think there's a really strong case to be made that, as you said, Willow should go to. I want to be like Willow should go to human prison because again, prisons suck. Abolish prisons, but like restorative justice is an option, which is never really discussed. Um, I don't know more. Yeah, I just she needs uh, more than what she does. You know, for what happens, or, she needs more. Or should Buffy have killed Willow? I mean, that would have been a better ending than your soul. <laughs> if she had like, like murdered Willow, that would have been interesting. I, I don't want to seriously float that possibility, but we have to acknowledge, right? Like Buffy killed Angel. She straight up killed him in Becoming Part 2. She was prepared to do that, to save the world. And this is why, like when you and I talked in Grave about how we wish that Buffy had been there to confront Willow and stop her, you know, but like, can you imagine if, Buffy had to kill her boyfriend and then a few years later had to kill her best friend for trying to do the same thing. And it's so it's annoying extra because, again, like Angel didn't have his soul when he did all that. And then he gets his soul and then he gets punished. Right. And that's just Angel's deal. Willow, as we just came as we just decided, is responsible for what she did with that dark magic. Right. So it's not like she's now going to just cry normal Mm. girl tears and all the black goes away out of her hair and out of her veins. And now she's Willow again. That's not the case. She's just suppressed the magic so she could cry it out. So she, yes, she has to go to to, jail. I'm with you, abolish prisons. But like she has to do what Faith does. Yes. And at the very end of the day, she should at the very least do what faith does yes well and you know the show never holds her accountable until season seven for anything she does right um in season six she wipes everybody's memory and the next episode they're just like so how you doing willow like it gets brought up awkwardly at one point and you know obviously tara does leave but like there is no other conversation. And and I know Buffy's harsh on herself for this at the end of the season. And, and we kind of were like, it's fine, Buffy. You had other problems. But like, I know Xander's wrapped up in marrying Anya. And, and maybe this is just a failure of the friend group. But like, your best friend, I say this of Buffy and Xander, your best friend 
manipulated her girlfriend's memories accidentally manipulated well tried to manipulate all of your memories accidentally went way too far and you didn't even think to maybe sit down and have a longer conversation with her than bad willow don't do that again don't do magic willow bad willow yeah and remember <sighs> like when when Buffy goes invisible and Xander is like, we think it was you to Willow. And she got so offended. She was like, well, if the, like why do I even try if you're going to blame me? And you and I were like, yeah, mm-hmm. obviously they're going to blame you. Duh. Like, that's the consequence, Willow. So, Consequences. So again, like, you're right. She needs to be held accountable and she needs to understand herself. And that's what I meant when I said, how does she feel about killing Warren? How does she feel about killing Rack? And more importantly, because this is her issue, how does she feel about her need to control those around her, including her girlfriend who is now dead, right? How does she feel about that? Does she understand how she never got consent for anything? Does she understand the harm that she does when she thinks that she can just manipulate people the way she has been? Well said. Okay, so what I'm hearing is we are sentencing Willow to turn herself into proper human authorities, not just Giles. Uh, sorry, Daddy Giles. Mm. Um, and obviously, we're also going to sentence her to rat prison. Yes. How many years of rat prison? Well, I think we've never actually figured out is rat like because rats don't live a long time so <laughs> this is true use? yeah we have to work that that calculus okay right. so amy mm. had what was it three, three years, years of rat prison yeah now that was unintentional but i think she deserved most of that time right because she, before she became a rat she you know she worked a bunch of spells she bailed um on yeah she deserved at least some of that time and i i think you and i kind of agree that when she came back we were like okay time served time served yeah Probably um, overtime, if anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think a- Amy deserved three years for what she no, did. Like six I mean, months, probably. I'm now thinking that really, like, Amy's rat prison is very similar to um, her mom's trophy prison, you know? <laughs> but they, and we both, never discussed, like, how long the mom should be a trophy. So. Both women did it to themselves, so really that's out of her hands. Well, this is, th- that's the moral of Joss Whedon's shows, right? Is, is women deserve to punish themselves for not obeying men properly (laughs) exactly exactly so you know what that being said we are still sending willow to rat prison (laughs) but i would give her ooh, because how long do rats live rats i think live for what four years uh am i right (laughs) yeah two to four years yeah that's not very long so that's why i'm thinking okay so the longest living rat in captivity lived to be seven years old okay um, I mean, if we're using magic to turn somebody into a rat, let's stipulate that we could also like use magic to prolong the rat's life. Right. Okay. So then I would I would say, well, I mean, it's a life. She killed two people, right? So argu- arguably it's like 10 years per, per life. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Mind you, they're yeah, shitty I mean, people, so I'm going to reduce five off each. But it's, it's also, it's rat prison, right? So like, is rat prison- It's better than you know, normal prison. More of a punishment- than normal wait, prison. Wait, wait, wait. Or... We rebranded. It's rat rehabilitation. Right. Sorry, rat sorry. Rehabilitation. We're going to rat rehab here. Yeah. Um, I would say... 10 years for the two murders. 10 years total? Yes. Yeah, I could see that. And then, of course, once she comes back from rat rehab, she's got to work off her debt to Anya for destroying the magic box <laughs> and, you know, make amends. And she's got to, like, undergo, like, a Therapy. redemption arc like Angel does. Um 
She's got to help the helpless. Yeah, well, no, I know. We always just send people over to Angel, don't we? Um, but that's part of his redemption <laughs> we as really well. We really do. No, that's part of his sentencing as well. He has to run the program right after people leave rat rehab. He's he's the counselor. So that's his issue. Oh, God. Okay. Um, um, no, I think, sorry, I think 10 years as a rat, and then she has to go into Angel's counseling program and make amends as much as she can. And on top of that, she needs serious therapy to deal with her issues. And we take away her license to practice magic. Yeah, yeah. Also, well, she's she's now houses that magic, right? So she needs to join some sort of Earth-only Wicca group who help her control and weed out that magic. You know, like like she just she can't do it alone. She needs she needs guidance. She needs help. From people who are more like Tara, people who respect the natures of magic. Well, there you have it, listeners. That is our verdict and our sentence for Willow on trial. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree? Let us know. Send in some hot stakes. We're happy to revisit those as we get into season seven. Uh, So we're going to be on a little bit of a break now. There will be the Buffy fandom on trial bonus episode. Who knows? Maybe another bonus episode. Maybe not. We'll see if you're good. Yeah. If you're on Santa's nice list this year, you'll get a bonus episode. And if you're on the naughty list, (laughs) tell us why. (laughs) Before we go, we have two new supporters. Well, new-ish. One is new. Uh, So thank you, Lee, for joining us as a Scooby. Um, uh, This is the same Lee who submitted a hot steak earlier. Thank you, Lee. And also, I want to thank Laura, who has been a supporter of ours for quite a long time and is an active member of our Discord. Uh, But Laura has recently uh, supported us at the Chosen One level. So thank you very much, Laura. Thanks, Laura. And so if you want to support us, obviously, you can support us on Buy Me a Coffee. We also have our merch store at prophecygirls.ca slash store. Uh, and, you know, there will be more more merch coming in the future. But until then, there's lots of good stuff on there. Uh, so thank you for, you know, spreading the word and promoting the show and listening and supporting us. And thank you especially to all of our chosen ones. Emma, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, Tasha, Ricky, Amy, Rochelle, and Laura. Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola. Luis, Joshua, Reese, Susanna, Jasmine, and Christy. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Hope you enjoyed Willow on Trial. We will see you very soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise Malik. see you next week